as I was preparing, it came to my mind and my heart the fact that the purpose of the whole Bible, the purpose of the whole Bible is that we have the right understanding of the truth about God, about the world, and about ourselves. And whenever you come to, to any text which say, understand this, that means really God is calling us to take these things seriously. And the, our, transla- our translations, they, uh, they, 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 they come in different ways, uh, like saying, uh, mark this. Uh, other one, like say, like, understand this. So I, I would take the word to understand this, even though it says here, mark this. So this is Gnisko, it's in, in the Greek letter word. That Apostle Paul himself wants us to understand this. And this is the very purpose for which God has revealed himself to us in, 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 in the special revelation in the word of God. So that we have the right understanding about how the world came into universe, isn't it? To, to existence. Like the first verse in the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. So that you don't attribute their creation to any kind of, of beings, to anyone else. And for those who believe in God, for those who have been saved by grace, those who have come to know Jesus Christ, they believe this was all of their hearts, isn't it? To throw away all the other theories and to rest upon this wonderful revelation that is our God who has created this whole universe. And again, who has made you? He has created me. I have a maker. That is why we could sing it with all of our hearts. I have a maker. God has made everything. He has made the whole universe. He has made you and I for a purpose, and that is to glorify his great name. And also, not only that he is a creator, and also he, he, he wants us to know that we are sinners. Without him, <laughs> we, are, we cannot know him. Without him revealing himself to us and bringing us to himself. And that is because we are sinners. And the Bible says this. We read it in the, this morning. If you were here this morning, Genesis chapter 3. Sin came into this world and ruined us and brought us death. And, and, and Apostle Paul picked it up in, Genesis, in Romans 5 verse 12. Sin came into this world through one man, Adam. And also righteousness and salvation come through one man also. And that is Jesus Christ our Lord. Here in this text that is before us tonight is Apostle Paul again writing to, he, to Timothy, a pastor, a young pastor, a man that has been called by God to equip the church of God to stand firm in the truth. Because they were, the church was emerging in a, at a time where there were a lot of philosophies. There were a lot of things, a lot of teaching and cleverness. You think that we, in our uh, postmodern world, we are clever more than those people? No, we are not more clever. What, what we did is we accumulated this cleverness and also we have uh, gone far away uh, from the truth. So there is no difference. So, so during Paul's time, there were, there were issues that were going to face the church around them because frankly speaking when he's addressing this man Timothy and also for the whole church Paul was not accusing people of all these things that were written we have just read we have just heard he was not accusing them because the application there he will say do nothing with these ones 
And the call for us tonight is to do nothing with all these things. And I will go through them. That is, that is God. That is God we worship. It's a God who reveals his truth to warn us and to say, understand this. And Paul says, this, understand this because there will be terrible times in the last days. And we are living in the last days, even though the last days started at the coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus came at the last days. And now we are living between the last days. And so as this word was perfect to that time, also it is perfect for our times. It is for us who are sitting here tonight. It is for us. Because these, those days were not or are not different to our days. And Apostle Paul described these days as to be terrible times. Hard time, terrible times. What is the terrible times here means? Actually, difficult times here means harsh times, harsh and savage, difficult times. And you can think, well, look, difficult time in what sense? If we live in this atmosphere that Apostle Paul is describing, we will be also exposed to this. We will be tempted to fall into these snares. So these are difficult times for us. Because that is why we are being warned. Because these are terrible times. Savage times. That no one can really escape. It's only the one who will heed the warnings that are here. Hard times that will be hard to bear. Time that is harsh or savage. Because there will be teachers who will distort the truth and will lead many away from the truth. That was the background. That was what Apostle Paul was warning Timothy against. And we need also to be prepared to be told so that we are warned and we are prepared against these things that come against us. And, and, and then the reasons also, Paul, he is pressing this truth on our hearts is because false teaching, false teaching is always based on wrong interpretation of the truth. That is why we should, we should try very hard through praise that we do not accept anything that will take us away from God. Because it's so, you don't think that it is so serious to, to embrace a false teaching. If you hear the news, even as I speak, there is a situation in Kenya that is going on. A pastor of a cult who has led his people, his congregation, in hundreds into a jungles to starve themselves to death because in dying they will meet Jesus Christ straight away. Just imagine if people do not have the right understanding, like those people, they will starve and they will die and they will not see Jesus. That is what is happening. This man, he led his own congregations to starve themselves and even themselves of the pastor and his wife and his family, they were feasting. They were eating. And one man who was troubled by this teaching 
was trying to challenge this, but he has taken the minds of the people already. They wouldn't listen to him. He said, why the pastor is feasting himself? Why he's eating? And also he gave them a recipe how to die. The first he knows that the children will die first. And then he said, those who are single maybe, and young, and then he just went on. And those to die at last are maybe the parents. Just imagine, do you think that wrong teaching can lead to disastrous results? That is why we need to cry out to God that even if we die, it is better we die believing the truth and not to die and go to hell by departing from the truth that is given us here. Even if the times are terrible to hold to the truth. To hold to the truth is so difficult because it's not sophisticated. It's not glamorous. It's not really peaceful. It's not painless. It's so full of trials and troubles. But at the end of the day, we shall appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And we shall never be ashamed of holding fast to the truth, even if our strength is so small. We can go through these things just quickly, quickly. But I feel with all of my heart that the, the emphasis here is a warning that we do not really take doctrine lightly. The true teaching that brings us life. Even if it tastes so sour, even if it's not bringing you great friends, even if it's causing you to be lonely and at time to be suicidal, it is better to do that. Because the good God, the Lord God Almighty knows how to comfort his people, those who are standing in the truth. We have seen that their heads were cut off, isn't it? John the Baptist's head was cut off. And all the disciples were killed. Stephen was just stoned to death just soon after the, 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 the Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came powerfully. And this man could not avoid, as you have heard me preaching through this a few months ago, a few months ago, that he seized the opportunity to declare the truth. He didn't avoid the truth. Even that cost him his life. So let me repeat this again. False teaching is always based on wrong interpretation of the truth or even the realities. You see, describing realities. A man is not a man and woman is not a, a woman. Even if this is true, it's just so natural. And the results of wrong understanding. The result is wrong understanding. But good teaching leads to right understanding. That result in right relationship with God and with one another. So if I believe the truth, I will not go against a brother. I will always have the room for grace. Isn't it? For we are called, because the Bible says, look at the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Even though he was found in the form of God, he emptied himself. That, he, that is grace for you and for myself. And also it says, look at the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, you see, he became poor. So that we can, through his poverty, we can become rich. His poverty, because he was paraded as a, a lonely man to the cross of Calvary. Poor, no one to defend him. A lonely man, a man of sorrow. And yet on the cross, he triumphed. And he won victory for us. And he gave us salvation that we could not gain in any other way. Apart from him humbling himself and emptying himself. And becoming a man to die on the cross. 
we need to know the problems that we face so that we don't think that oh there's something wrong with the world <laughs> you see or something wrong with us you see so so these are difficult times see so that is why we need to embrace this we need to take this seriously these are difficult times these are not times like when when you save you say oh i'm saving now and i'm going to buy a house boom just the interest rate just just go of the roof, isn't it? <laughs> okay, so your plans are not the same way. Maybe the Lord doesn't want you to have a house. See? So these are difficult times, isn't it? We cannot control them. We cannot predict them. You see? Wars in, in Ukraine. Who would want to anticipate that? Who can anticip- anticipate that? No one. And not, it's not just a war by, fought by backwards people in Africa or an Arab world, uneducated, but is a war that is fought by those who have the best technology in the world. See? Just like that. Highly educated, very intellectual and intelligent people who have lived really luxurious life, have money and have everything, and yet they, are, they can't see. They have no conviction that they are destroying lives that they shouldn't destroy. I was going to go overseas just for a week to northern Sudan. And then as I arrived, and I was just praying seriously, Thursday night, I got there. And in the morning, I was just talking to some people in the field there. They said there is tension. But it doesn't look like they will fight during Ramadan. But maybe they will uh, postpone it to after Eid. You see, like the, 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 the iftar, uh, after they finish the fast, they break the fast. That was on Friday. And these two leaders are Muslim, Muslims. They call themselves Sunnis. The leaders of the army in northern Sudan and the leader of the paramilitary, a powerful man, was given like, he, he's a, a, a dropout, year six dropout from his school. He became intelligent and powerful. And then on Saturday, they turned the capital of Khartoum into a war zone. And people are fleeing for their lives. And so I had to just divert to Cairo. I bought Bibles and some materials that I want to use with Arabic-speaking people. So I spent three days, and I went to church, and I prayed with my friend, and we sought the Lord. So now it's just going on. The war is going on. Just not, nobody knows how it's going to stop. There's a lot of sufferings. Bodies are on the streets. The very street that I, I toured even last, last year. Now, this street, no human being can pass through those roads. Just imagine. So we need, to, we need to know the problem that we are facing or we are up against so that they will not hit us hard, you see, to discourage us or to perplex us. <clears throat> well, let me give you these things that he says here. He says, in these, these times, people will be lovers. Huh? People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of themselves. <laughs> you see, themselves. And I listed them. So when he's talking about the, he, he, the word loves came here. Lovers of money. Who do not love good. They cannot love good. Not lovers of the good. Not lovers of God. You see, all these things. The lovers of self here, self-seeking people, having concern of oneself, own welfare, 
and interests before <clears throat> those of others. <clears throat> you see this. These people, they have concern for their own welfare and interests before those of others. That is why you seek to be the first man in the country. You destroy every person else. You can just start a war. That is self-love. This is self-seeking person who love themselves. And then, <clears throat> and because the love of self is not, is, is, is the self is on the throne. It's not God on the throne. And so the true doctrine, the true understanding of our relationship with God is to love God first. And then he will direct our love. He will, he will regulate our love for these things. We will hold loof or, 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 or really light uh, to the things of this world. Even the pleasures of this world, the love of pleasure. You see, the love of pleasure is, 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 is this attitude of, 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 of trying to, to avoid uh, pain and suffering. To be only in pleasure. And so this, this has nothing to do with the true religion. That is what Paul is coming down to. This has nothing to do with the genuine surrender to Christ. A true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ will never be ashamed to face all these things because he will be given grace and mercy. Because he has the right relationships right. First, to love God. That is why the Apostle Paul says this. He said, these people... These people, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So here, Apostle Paul is encouraging uh, Timothy to love God. You see, in all of our troubles, if we get this right, that is 80% uh, of our battles. Because the enemy can only triumph if he has a place in our hearts. Through ourselves, the self, through the, the things around us, even money, even through the pleasures for our bodies. All these things. If we have the love of God in our hearts, filling our hearts, we can be on fire for good things. And we can avoid these things easily. I, 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 think, I think there is a verse that I, I love so much in Proverbs. I think it's 27. If I can get it right. He who is full loses honey, but to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. That is Proverbs 27, verse 7. When you are full of the love of God, these things cannot move you. The love of pleasure cannot occupy your hearts. The love of money cannot occupy your hearts. So Apostle Paul warns that in during that time he was warning 
Timothy to be careful. Even the philosophers of Apostle Paul's times, they recognized that self-seeking can destroy a society. That is why they were philosophers who, who really could figure it out. And love of pleasure also can really bring disorder in a society and community. And that is why we are doing what is this, what we are seeing. That is why it's, it's a terrible times. It's painful because of the righteous, like Lot himself, isn't it? And Sodom and Gomorrah. He was being tortured because of the things that he was seeing and looking at. And for true believers in Christ Jesus, who are sensitive in his spirit, they will be really tortured by these things. I, I mentioned this, so or to know this, you, you need to have come from another country or to go away for a long time and you come back and then you face it. When I first came, I was, I would just go boom. I would just boom. And to the point where I, I couldn't do that anymore. And the fighting now is like to keep the fire flaming. The love of God to be kept flaming in our heart. That is the only way that we can oppose and resist all these temptations creeping into our hearts. And making our walk with Christ powerless. No influence, no joy, and no excitement. And so these things, God in his mercy wants us to understand this. In his own time, if we put these things right, he, eventually he will come and help us and pour out his Holy Spirit. And today, even as I speak, there will be someone preaching these very things. That you need to love yourself first. Self-esteem, isn't it? But this is not true. Love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, you cannot love other people. That is false. <laughs> that is false. But it sounds good, isn't it? If you love yourself first. This has nothing to do like take the, 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 the wood from your uh, eyes first. Huh? Or a speck. This has nothing to do like that. It's not like that. It's totally something different. Because these people, they say, love yourself first so that you can love other people. No. It won't work like that. You will go on loving yourself. You see, you won't have time to love other people. Because as you start to enjoy the love for yourself, you will have no other place in your life for others. And that is true. It is better for you to go on loving other people to the end. That is why a Christian person, that is why quarrels and problems and strifes among Christians are foreign to our Christian work. Even if your brother has wronged you, endure that and pray for, the time, for God to, to deliver you from sinning by holding these things against them. And also even pray for them that the Lord will work in their hearts and to recognize that they have wronged you and repent of that. We have the example of our Savior Jesus himself who on the cross cried out, say, Father, forgive them. And, and our apostle, um, I mean, Stephen also, the first martyr also said that. And who are we not to say that? Father, give, forgive them. Because at times we come under pressure, we come under the evil one and influence us. 
and to, and to wrong one another. But the Lord wants us not to hold this to our hearts so that we will go on loving God and loving one another. So loving yourself first is a wrong teaching. It has no place in the true company, in the company of the true believers. Mark this. That is why Apostle Paul said, this. mark this. Understand this. Understand this. Do you know pragmatism is a philosophy that says, choose what makes you happy, what works for you. So even pleasure, sex outside marriage, if it's bringing you pleasure, choose it. Go for it. That is what the world is saying. Please don't be alarmed of the conversation I do have with people because I, 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 I kind of strike any type of, com- of conversation with people. Even the most sensitive conversation I, ha- I will have with people. I was speaking to a young person at Monash University, maybe back in, 19, in 2006 or five, who was saying like sex, sex outside marriage was fine. Because I was saying young women should not give themselves before marriage to men. That was our conversation. And she was not for that because she thought that there is a mutual uh, pleasure in that. So that is false. That people will be lovers of pleasures. And that is dangerous. You hear people going to shops and saying, like, oh, I, want to, I want to spoil myself, isn't it? <laughs> you hear that a lot. Spoiling myself. I've been working hard. And, and, and so the thing, people not, not doing good, not loving good, because to do good is, is costly, isn't it? It's costly. And then we want to hold to our money and things like that because I work harder even if the Lord who has given you the strength and the talent and also is the one who has called you to have money, actually, because no one, no true believer that will have amount of money without God ordaining this money. That is why people who want to go to business, they must have business anointing, isn't it, from the Lord, so that the, the wealth that they generate will be really used to the glory of God. You know, one of the things that people do to fund themselves in missions is, is like to, to work, uh, to be tent makers, isn't it? And so people in the process of being tent makers, they, be, they can generate a lot of money, isn't it? And so as I was thinking, I, was saying, I, 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 I got a watch. I said, just imagine that if I have gone to tent making and I become a very wealthy man. So I want to witness. <laughs> this watch was 200 and, and maybe uh, uh, $48 uh, 10 years ago. And so I got it on a, on a discount. It was $124. And I said, like, if it's happened that I become a very wealthy person. So I want to witness that I will continue wearing this watch <laughs> to the rest of my life. <laughs> just imagine. That is the business anointing. Because it's not for you just to have glamorous watches and, and glamorous houses and things like that. No, just a roof that is reasonable, clean, and, and tidy. So Apostle Paul is just saying, oh, there will be times time like this. People will be boastful. Boastful of their achievements. Boastful. What did I put down here for boasting? Showing excessive pride and self-satisfaction 
in one's achievements and possessions or even abilities. See, excessive, that is not unnecessary. So people just like that, they do that. I give you one example. I think in 2005, I was riding with a man in a taxi in Cairo, a very poor man. His wife, he was a teacher because they have to work like extra hours. And I said, how are you going, your family? He said, my wife just took herself out of the marriage because we had a colleague who is very boastful and proud. And always he will come and saying he did this for his mother. He did that and that's why. So his wife was drawn to this man. Just like that. Because this man was so boastful of the things that he had. And my heart was just really melted. Uh, my heart went for this man. So boasting really can have effects. And the reason the godly people will not boast about the things. Because they will not put other people into temptations. Because even the things that they have acquired or been given to them are from God. And they are not meant to be to harm others or to make other people feel small or have nothing. Every true believer has something unique that is so excellent from the Lord to advance his kingdom and to be a blessing to other brothers. People will be proud I don't want to talk about this event. Proud, pride is the norm in our days. Pride. And, and, and abusive. I will show you. <laughs> you see, they say that. I will show you. A true believer cannot be involved in such a strife like this. Abusive language, abusing, abusive attitudes. And all these are the things. Ungrateful. Ungrateful is something. So, all that I have is given to me. By God. Every good and perfect gift is from God, even if through your brothers and sisters, is from God. If you were listening to the prayers this morning carefully, there was a prayer that was that blown me away. And that prayer, I think, was like this Oh God our Father, even when we are wrong and have sinned, you meet us. His mercy and grace. Just incredible. The time where you are thinking about yourself that you have sinned against God and you, are, you have failed. God is here blessing you. Here blessing you. How about that? Even when you are weak and think that you have not made it, that and then the Lord God himself, our Heavenly Father, is just so gracious. He would just do something that reminds you of his character. It's all that he wants is our hearts to be right with him, even if we are languishing and struggling. It's better for us to struggle holding fast to the truth than to be boasting and being out of anything. So unforgiving. So to be grateful, you need to be grateful to all that the Lord has done. And those people that... Apostle Paul is talking about these are not grateful, these people. And then he went on to say, unholy, unholy, unholy. In, in, in conducts, unholy in his speech, unholy in thoughts, unholy in the deeds that we do. They do. It's slanderous, without self-control, self-control. This is self-explanatory text. Self-control is very important in our relationship. You see, so not every sentence you thought of 
is to be spoken. Isn't it? Self-control. Not every offense is to be faced or to be faced with offense, another offense. It's just to let go, let things go. You see, it's just like a ball passing. Goodness me. You see, and you praise the Lord that it missed you. See, just like that. All the troubles that are not killing us, they are meant to make us stronger in the Lord. Are meant to make us really true followers of Christ. Because day after day, as we, 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 we are trained in, 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 in combating these things, we grow in our, law, in our love for the Lord and in our holy faith. To be strong Christians, not to be thrown away by false doctrines or even to be alarmed by the, the terrible things, events that are happening around us, even if we are threatened with jail. So we are to be prepared and to be strong and courageous. And especially if you have kept this, you won't fear anything, isn't it? If you have managed by God's grace to love God with all of your heart and to be free of the love of self and love of money and to have self-control and to be willing to do good to others for the glory of God and the glory of Jesus Christ. And then really there's nothing will matter anymore to you. There's nothing that you are going to lose in a way. So Apostle Paul really is giving us a hint there here that those these things happen to these people. They are who they are now because they don't have the love of God in their hearts. Having a form of godliness but denying is its power. Have, so I just don't want to jump into this last part of verse 5. He said these people have a form of, of godliness. And this is really a serious note, and I want to stop there. I want to finish like that. Give me four minutes, I finish there. This is a serious thing. Our Christian faith was meant to manifest the character of of Christ. Our work with the Lord is meant that we have the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have love flowing, you see, towards God and towards one another. Our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is meant that when we are weak, we are strong. And when we are mourning, our mourning can be turned into rejoicing. That is what is meant for us as as followers of Christ. Is when we are poor, we are rich. Is when we are sick that we can be healed and know the presence of the Lord. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. The Christian faith has power. Manifesting itself in the very things I'm saying now. Agape love. Loving not only those who love us, those even those who hate us so much. So is a kind of faith that has power to influence people for good. It's power to, to grip people, to bring them to Christ. This man, Dave Petrisco, who went to be with the Lord, a former missionary to Egypt, a very gifted man who, man who died tragically. He fell from the third floor. One day he told us that he went into a new city. 
with his wife. And one day they decided to, to, to invite their neighbor, who was not a Christian, a man and his wife, who were not Christian at all, who were just living loosely. So they invited them for a, a lunch, a dinner. And so as they were sitting there, there were no any sign to show that these people were Christian. And as they sat there, they, they deliberately wouldn't want to say grace, even grace. They just sat there, wanting just to have a nice meal. And this couple, they just look, looked around, and they were just amazed. They were not seeing anything particular, but they were feeling like there was something, something is here. And then she said, I feel there's something here. I feel like there's something here. And then the pastor asked her, what, what, what is here? So I feel like there is God here. <laughs> that was what she said. And then a few weeks later, these people, they committed their life to Christ Jesus. And they became believers. So there is power in the faith that we have in being a Christian. And so for, to have a form of the faith is wrong altogether. To have the form of being a religious, of being a Christian, and having no anything to manifest that we are followers of Christ. Even the example was the apostle themselves, isn't it? <laughs> when they were so bold, speaking without fear, post-Pentecost, and they were just so bold and preaching the truth of God, and they were winning souls. And people were wondering, who are these people? They were wondering, unschooled people. And so they don't look like very sophisticated, uh, having lived, living in these cities. And they just realized that they had been with Jesus. And that is why they were like that. So they have the power of the, of the faith that they professed. So to pretend, or pretended devotion to God, with hearts or life that do not match one's professed devotion is wrong altogether. And that is why, as a Christian, when you walk into a place, have faith. That is, people are struggling with something that you can stand and intercede for them and pray. And God can hear your prayers. Do not underestimate the power of the faith that you have. Because it's not, after all, yours. It's from God. And it's powerful. It's a weapon that is able to demolish The love of a Christian is unique because it's the love of God. It does bring peace. It does bring another dimension. Even Apostle Paul, when he was making that trip to Rome in a, in a boat, the boat didn't really sing, sang, didn't sing, because Apostle Paul was in it, isn't it? God was fulfilling all his purposes. And for us as believers, if we hold fast to this, if we, if we manifest the power of faith we have, even the societies in which we live will be preserved as a result of our faithfulness to our God and our intercession for the cities in which the Lord has established us. It's not about us. It's about he who is in us, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. And Apostle Paul in exhorting Timothy and exhorting us tonight. What is he saying? And that's the final word I'm going to say. Have nothing to do with them. 
with these men, with these people who lead you astray and to make you just honored to be a lover of yourself and money and pleasures and be proud with the thing that they infer is it on you. Even the degrees and the things like that, you see. Professor. <laughs> if I will ever be a professor, <laughs> it will be like to have access to, to people just to, talk, to tell them about Jesus. That was what was happening when I was doing my master's of education. So during a coffee break, and I was just inter- interacting with uh, the mature students who were doing masters, and so I was talking to this lady. I said publicly that I'm training to be a pastor. I'm a pastor. Even though I'm doing uh, masters of education, it's just so that I can be a missionary. So and then she said to me, oh, what do you do with, 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 with the doctrine of creation, this lady? You see, and I was able to share with her. You see, and others also asked me, like, huh, why, why are you doing the Master of Education? I said, so that I can know the meaning of life. Well, look, I said, you can't find the meaning of life by doing Master of Education. <laughs> you need to come to Jesus so that you can know the purpose for which God has created you. So take every opportunity, even if you are a CEO of a company, so that you can bring glory to Christ. So have nothing to do with those who would want to lead you astray to cause you to embrace a doctrine that is not of God. A doctrine that is self, self-centered. Have nothing to do with this. Selfish ambitions in our hearts are not right. We read that in James, James 3:14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambitions in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. So we need to be right to the truth. Even there were things like even people, people disobedient to their parents. And I think as I'm a parent, and I'm a parent, a parent, and I, I could see this clearly. And because these last days, even like in my days also, there were times where I was trying to rebel. But the grace of God was just like really not like our days. The grace was not removed. There was a degree of grace that there were orders, but now the grace is removed. These are terrible times. But one thing that I can share with us, even if we find ourselves like having fallen into one or two of these or three, there is a remedy. And this is what really Hezekiah has done for us because one thing that was mentioned here with him was that he was proud because he was a man who knew God. Even when you become a godly person, you can be proud, isn't it? You can be proud. And God will not overlook that. God cannot just overlook any single sin in our lives. Even glances and attitude of hearts. Hezekiah himself, he was proud. Hezekiah's heart was proud and he did not respond to the kindness shown to him by God saving him when he was sick to death. Andrew read that to us. And the Lord God, when he cried out to God, and also this man, there are a lot of reasons why he should be proud. Because I have never read in the Bible any man who would come up to God and say to God, I have served you faithfully. And God would say, yes. I have served you with all of my heart. Can anyone say something like this? Obviously, I can't say something like that. But Hezekiah was. 
and he became proud. When he said that and he cried out to God because he was going to die, God came up to him and said, okay, I will add to your life another 15 years. And then he had a child who succeeded. But this man, he did respond to this kindness that was shown to him. He became proud in his heart. He became proud. But the Lord God spared him in his own wisdom. He spared him. But the people of Jerusalem were going later on to be really to face trouble. So if you find yourself struggling with any of these, there is a place here for us to repent and to return to God and ask him to, uh, to deliver us from these things and to embrace only the true doctrine that is, may not be easy, but that is the safest place to be. We will have an opportunity later on to pray. And I urge you with all of my heart to be praying along the lines of these things, that there will be nothing of these things that Apostle Paul has listed for us as symptoms or pointers of a false teaching and false religion that has form of true religion but denying the power of the true religion.